turn that on. We start a, uh, a series this, uh, this Sunday, just for this month, uh, really focusing on what's your story. What's your story with Jesus? You know, what, what is the difference that He has made in your life, that, that He makes in your life today? Throughout the month, we're going to be hearing these different stories from some of you, and, and hopefully you'll be sharing with one another, tell you, tell you now. I mean, just for, for lunch today or um, dinner tonight, you know, after you talk about uh, Reds beating the Cardinals today, um, or whatever it might be that you talk about, to say, you know, what, what are some of the stories? What are the ways that Jesus has made a difference in your life? And today, I want to talk particularly about, well, why? Why do we want to recount those? Why do we want to remember those? It's so that we might be able to share with others those stories of how he has impacted and changed our lives. What I've found, and many of you probably have found, is that you know, people outside the church really aren't interested in um, theological distinctions and theological uh, discussions and um, things uh, beyond that. What they really want to know is, yeah, but how's Jesus real in your life? What kind of difference does he make to you? What kind of difference has he made, can he make in my life. So our ultimate goal is in, in recounting these stories, being in, t- in touch with how Jesus has made a difference in our lives, is to be ready to share with others, uh, to encourage others and, and challenge others inside and outside of the church to continue or begin to follow um, Jesus and to do so in a natural way. Simply sharing one of the stories of our life, just like we would share uh, stories um, out that are generally shared. I remember when I was in Iraq and I was talking with a, a pastor from Syria. Uh, as we were, were traveling from one place to the other, I don't remember, but I remember it was a long, dusty bus ride. And uh, we were uh, talking to one another and, and he was sharing a story of his encounter with one of the... the uh, um, leaders in his community. And this particular leader was overseeing sort of internal affairs, uh, particularly around utilities. He, he was in charge of being sure everybody got natural gas, uh, you know, the kind that you start on your stove, um, and uh, the uh, electricity and water and sewage, that kind of stuff, that they uh, received what they needed. And there were some arguments in the community that, that were going on. And so he called this pastor, a friend of mine, in to just talk to him and say, you know what, how do we address this? And, and really he called him in to be sort of a representative of the Christians because uh, they were, you know, in that, the, the part of Syria, there were really clear demarcated neighborhoods. There was the Christian neighborhood, the Muslim neighborhood, and the Alawite neighborhood. It's a, another um, sort of religious distinction. And uh, so he brought him in as the Christian um, presenter. But this pastor, as he was talking, said, Well, you know, Jesus says that we're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And Jesus teaches me that you know, i got to love everybody. That I don't just take care of the Christians, but I take care of all of God's creation. 
It's just a sort of natural thing that he just said. Oh, this is what Jesus teaches, so it's what, what I do. And this particular uh, man was intrigued by that. Really? That's what Jesus teaches. I didn't know that. And he was serious. What? What else does Jesus teach? And that then starts a long conversation that happens uh, to go on for years as this particular uh, leader um, in his city in Syria becomes a Christian through that interaction and walks um, with him for years as they, for the years that they live in that same village. But just simple comments of, well, in a natural conversation about gasoline or natural gas and water and electricity. He says, well, this is what Jesus teaches and what I try to do because of it that then leads down this pathway. That's why we want to be in touch with the, the stories in our own lives of how Jesus makes a difference so that in natural ways in conversation we'll be able to engage with others about the meaning of Jesus in our own life. Now, in our passage uh, today, Jesus gives us a little bit of a model there. It's a, um, we'll just look at part of, of this uh, encounter with Jesus and uh, a woman um, at a water well. And, uh, but he gives us a model here, how in just human to human, sharing stories with one another, sharing our lives with one another, become opportunities um, for us to engage with one another about the difference Jesus makes in our life. Um, it's John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. It's found on 865 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, uh, thank you for your word um, that speaks uh, to us. Uh, continue to help us hear what you would say to us, uh, each one of us individually and us uh, as a community of faith so that we might not only understand, uh, but also do. Show us, um, bring to mind, uh, help us remember the ways, help us realize the ways you have and you do make a difference in our lives. Amen. All right, <clears throat> John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Hear the word of the Lord. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Oh, hello. I don't guess you was thirsty. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, 
Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First thing in this encounter with Jesus and this woman is, is notice how Jesus treats this woman as her equal, as, as a fellow human being. It even, even comes to her as the one in need so that actually she's lifted up above him. I mean, Jesus comes naturally in the fullness of his humanity as somebody who needed water. He was thirsty. It was noon, the middle of the day, you know, and he was thirsty. And he didn't have what, it, what was necessary to, to get the water out of the well. And so he came to her. Can you give me something to drink? Remember, Jesus created water. And yet, he is there with her, putting himself in the position of need so that she would have what he needed. Fully equal human-to-human relationship. He, he didn't come as the one with all the answers. He initiates the relationship himself as the one who is in need. Not forced, it's not not fake, that's just what the situation is. In the fullness of his humanity, he was thirsty. And to put himself as a position to receive from her communicates volumes of the equality of their relationship to one another. As a relationship human to human, of receiving and giving. Of, of caring for one another. And as I consider that, I think as followers of Jesus, what, what that really means to me is that the best way to follow Jesus in, in one-on-one relationships like this is to do more listening than talking. Is, is to listen to another. To, to focus more on understanding the other than being understood. Now, there, there's a place uh, for forgiving as well, and Jesus will get there. But his first step with her is a huge model for us. That, that we want to be sure we're in a relationship, uh, human to human, of respect and grace and receiving from the other their stories and hearing them, understanding them before we share our own. It's a two-way relationship. The second thing from this model that Jesus gives us is that nothing stops Jesus from loving relationships with others. Nothing. I mean... uh, Think about, and you get a little hint of it from the passage, you know, but, but in this day, in Jesus' day, there's a huge gulf between Jesus and this woman if you just think about it human perspective, let alone that he's the creator of the world in human form. But just from a human perspective, there's a huge difference between Jesus and this woman. And again, you catch it in the text here. I mean, she is a Samaritan. He's a Jew. 
She's a woman. He's a man. I mean, the, never, the, the twain don't meet together. The, the, and both of those together sort of compound it. Samaritans were unclean. They were separate. I mean, there's no way Jesus would even ask, initiate a conversation with a woman, certainly not with a Samaritan woman, and certainly not receiving water from something that she had touched and received. And on top of that, Jesus is viewed in the world as righteous. And she is unrighteous. So if you read the rest of the story, which you can the rest of the passage, you know, we find out that, that she's been married four times and is now living with her fifth man who's not her husband. I mean, so there are huge separations between the two, huge walls that are between them, and Jesus just blows right through them to engage with her one-on-one, human to human, in a give-and-take relationship. Yeah. There, 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 there is no separation between any human being that Jesus cannot bridge, that Jesus cannot explode, cannot walk right through and tear down those separations. None. Now, if you, you consider yourself bad, you're not a good person, and there are all these good people, don't let that stop you from talking to them from being in relationship with them. It didn't stop Jesus. Or maybe it's the other way around. You consider yourself good and all these other people are bad. Don't let that stop you from listening to them, from engaging with them, from being in a one-on-one relationship with them because it didn't stop Jesus. Or maybe you're a geek and you can't, uh, don't know how to hang out with the hipsters. Didn't stop Jesus. Or maybe you're the hipster. And you don't know how to hang out with us geeks. Don't let that stop you. It didn't stop Jesus. Don't fall into the same trap that I fall into over and over again that underestimates the power of Jesus' love to explode the differences and separations that are between us, to, to lead us into relationships with other human beings. Receiving and giving together in the power of the good news of God's love. That's what Jesus models for us here. Of treating another as an equal, even receiving from others. Listening before we talk. And not letting those social barriers, or the barriers we make up in our own mind, cause us be separated from, from one another and not engaging with others in the good news of the difference Jesus makes in our lives. Well, and then uh, you also see here Jesus models for us in our relationships with others how to give to. You know, then, then he encounters with her the, the good news of the living water that Jesus brings and that, that we do the same. We're, as we share the stories of the difference Jesus makes in our lives, we're simply sharing the stories of the living water that is welling up within us that Jesus has given us in the power of his Holy Spirit. So, so we not only receive, we also give. Uh, we, we not only listen, but we also do uh, talk. We, we are loved and we love um, in return. 
Now, what's, what's key is we can sort of look at this particular um, passage and sort of be overwhelmed and intimidated by it because, I mean, Jesus, Jesus pulls off in 30 minutes what it might take us 30 years to do. I mean, he sort of does have an inside track, you know, inside information and some other particular gifts and abilities that we don't have individually. But, but as the church together and the church around the world, you know, we do. And it's a model for us, a, a story, a script that, that we're to, to live out, sort of in a sense to, to improvise on in our own lives as we encounter others outside the church who, who don't um, know Christ. Now, it was a couple weeks ago that Cindy Carlson, who's a deacon here, it was a couple months ago now, just shared with me some of her, her story along this way, along this line. She's not with us today, and uh, so we, uh, we talked together this week, and I got a video uh, to share with you of her story. And, and I just want you to, to listen to, to her story, just capture how Cindy, you know, who is not, I don't think she has an aggressive bone in her body. You know, I mean, she's just soft and she's gentle and, and she's responding to others. But just to hear how she in, engages over the course of decades with her friend Elizabeth, um, who is a student of hers in China, and, and how in r- real uh, relationship um, God provided opportunities for her and for others uh, simply to share the difference that Jesus makes uh, in her life and how she seeks to live out in her gentle way being an ambassador of God's love. I'll let uh, Cindy tell her story. I first got involved with the idea of going to China because I was a little fed up with my teaching job here in the States. And I already had a passion for um, the idea of reaching unreached peoples, people who don't have a witness of Christ in their own language. And 20 years ago in China, that was true. I mean, Christians were not as, um, there weren't as many Christians as there are now witnessing. And um, I had a friend that had been in China for three years. I knew she was having a good experience. So it just, um, it seemed like a good opportunity. I really wanted to go to a place that was less developed. And as it turned out, I was able to work with teachers. And being a teacher myself, I just loved that opportunity. So I was there for two years um, teaching English as a second language to Chinese teachers of English. There was a woman that was a very good friend of my teammate and I, and over the two years I would say we knew her better than a lot of the other people that were our students. Um, Her English name was Elizabeth, and I've been in contact with her since I first went in, in 92, and She's taken me to her home village. I've met her parents, I've met her grandma, and over the years, whenever I would go back to China, I would always stop wherever she was, whether it was Shanghai or Hefei or her hometown, and we would visit. And I never had the opportunity or took the opportunity to share Christ with her, but that was always my deepest desire for my former students that I was still friends with. And um, I heard that she was coming to the States this past year as a visiting scholar in New York. And I contacted a couple that I knew was working with Chinese students at the university where she was going to be doing some research. So they have met her and really reached out to her. Uh, I think they picked her up from the airport. They've been a, a strong support for her. They've befriended her. They've taken her on trips. 
Um, she's been going to Bible studies with them regularly, and she's been going to a Chinese church. And all these things are the things that I would have wished for her all along. And finally, thanks to God's faithfulness, she's been able to experience a little bit of what it is to be a Christian. She understands now. She hasn't made a decision to be a Jesus follower, but she at least knows what that's about. And I'm so grateful. And even her husband back in China has attended church a few times. So I'm just grateful that God um, made a way for her to hear about Christ, which happened this past year. I've been looking for an opportunity to see her all year. Um, so I did go about a month ago and we had, we had about four days together just to talk and share and visit and travel. And um, it was a great reunion. I've seen Elizabeth a number of times over the years since I first knew her in the 90s. We visited a number of times, and um, but we've never had the chance to talk openly about faith, and that was the difference this time. Because she had been attending Bible study and church, um, I was able to be honest about who I am and what's important to me, and we were able to talk together very openly for the first time ever. When I talked with Elizabeth, I was telling her that my reason for going to China in the first place was I wanted to be somebody that would witness to who Christ was. And at least I could do that through maybe friendship building and through the quality of my teaching. And I just told her we had a chance to tell so many stories just of how God has worked in my life, what he's done in my life, things he's taught me, and why I trust him and why I love him. So we had many chances to talk together. Um, Elizabeth is a, a professor at a university in Shanghai. And while she's not a Communist Party member, she does have a high position at the university. And probably if she did accept Christ, there could be some repercussions at her school. I, I don't know for sure if that would be a thing that would hold her back or not. But it's, it's a consideration for almost anybody over in China. Have you, you, you caught you know, with her that over the course of 20 years, just engaging uh, with uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, as well as other um, Christians, that the opportunity became to, to share the stories, but throughout the opportunity was to live the story. And that's what uh, um, Cindy did, and just seeking to be an ambassador of God's love uh, with um, her life. Um, the, let us uh, join with Cindy and continue um, to pray uh, for Elizabeth. Another passage just wanted to read um, for you is in First uh, Peter, and it's uh, chapter three, uh, verse uh, fourteen and, and fifteen, uh, which speaks again to just the the opportunities that we have and the the privilege we have and the responsibilities that, that God has given to us as His ambassadors. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 14. But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear and do not be intimidated. But in your heart, sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accounting for the hope that is in you. Always be ready 
to anyone who demands an offense from you to give an accounting for the hope that is within you. That's why we're in touch with the stories of why Jesus has made a difference in our life. Uh, that, that he is the reason for that hope within you, within me, and within us. And, and we um, get to find our way of receiving and giving, um, listening and talking, of being in, an, an ambassador, a representative of Jesus on earth, of being in places to simply share our story, to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Um, Cindy shared a little more just about how you know, she's sort of found her way and seeking to find her way, still trying to, to work it out and being a part of God's wondrous plan to love the world and invite all to follow him um, through us. Uh, this is the um, rest of her story, and just as she tells as things unfold a little more um, for, for her being ready to give the reason for the hope that's within her. And I just love that idea of the embassy of heaven and thinking of ourselves as ambassadors because scripture says um, we are Christ ambassadors reconciling others to him. And I, I would love to put a plaque like that up in my home, <laughs> embassy of heaven. Um, I love the idea of embassy of heaven and thinking of ourselves as ambassadors uh, for me, the way I love to show that the most is in hosting people from China, especially new students when they come over to the United States. And I think showing hospitality is something that Christ also gives us to do. And so if we can make people feel welcome, I think that's a very powerful, a powerful witness of Christ. And I know that when I was in China most recently, there were some women who had come over to the United States as visiting scholars, um, come to know who Christ was and chose to follow Christ and still are now that they're back in China. But one of the most powerful things for them in helping them experience the love of Christ was when families welcomed them into their homes. I love um, sharing Christ, I guess, through, through my job, through hospitality. It's, I guess, easier than speaking. But if the opportunity comes up, I definitely would want to talk with people about Christ. But um, that's the way that God has given me. I think that's easiest for me is showing hospitality, making people feel welcome, connecting people with others once they're here, helping them feel comfortable and adjusted to being here in the U.S. So do you, do you think of yourselves, do you recognize that you are indeed representatives um, of, of heaven, the embassy of heaven, uh, the ambassadors of the, the love of God in Jesus Christ? That, that you have that simple privilege of being in touch with your own story and as the opportunity allows to share that story with others. Are you ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you? And that's that's going to be our, our focus in the course of these next uh, several weeks. You know, simple stories, just ways that in your own life that, that prayer has made a difference in your life. Of course, that means you have to be praying. 
you know, ways that, that the scriptures, the, the word of God written has, has come alive for you in, in your, your own study and reading that as you lived it out, you find its wisdom true. Of course, that means you have to be studying it or reading it or you know, living it out for there to be a story. There don't have to be huge you know, conversion stories of angels on, from on high. But simple ways of how Jesus is impacting your life, bringing truth and goodness, love and healing to you today. Maybe from simply a, a small group of friends or an individual um, who was, was used to bring you help in a time of need. So our challenge this month is to reflect upon our lives, to, to pick out those, those stories, those ways that God has made a difference, that Jesus has made a difference in our life so that we're ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. What are your, what are your stories? How has Jesus made a difference in your life? Amen.